0: Well, as we get into the Word of God this morning, remain standing with me. We're going to go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's read this passage. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Then he says in verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I love what James says in verse 12 of the same chapter. He said, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And we're going to start a brand new teaching series. It's all about one word, perseverance. And the title of this teaching series, you might be familiar with this phrase, but today's, this month's teaching series is titled, Just keep swimming just come on turn to your neighbor help me preach this one. just tell him right now just keep swimming it's all about perseverance let's go to the word of God in prayer to start father bless this word in Jesus name help us Lord because there is a lot of us in this church or listening online rather than keep swimming we feel like we're drowning Lord and I pray this entire month of November where we focus on being grateful and content and thankful. But Lord, it can be hard sometimes because of what we're going through. So Father, I pray that you teach us what perseverance is, what it means, and how we can apply this to our lives. And I ask you humbly, Lord, to use me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You guys can be seated. Give God a round of applause. Hear some praise today. You've come to the right place. It's not... A coincidence that you're here today because I believe a lot of you feel like you can't keep swimming. And this entire teaching series, I was really praying of what to teach you guys the month of November because we came out of the hell series. And I really started noticing after October, a lot of people in our church were really being under attack and really going through a lot, even myself and my family included. And I started reading through the book of James, and I read about perseverance. And I often thought to myself how I hate people, I don't hate people, but I hate when people, when I'm going through a trial, someone just says, hey, just just stay strong, just keep going. And I love that word of advice, but my honest to God question is, how do I do that? And it's so easy and common for me to stand here at the pulpit and tell you guys while you're going through a hard time, hey, just, just keep going, just believe, just keep the faith. But it's not fair and it doesn't do justice because you need to learn how to persevere. It's not enough just to say to someone, persevere through this. You have to learn what it means and how exactly to do it. And as I prayed and prayed and prayed, I noticed this movie was on on TV, and I saw this one clip on this movie. I'm not into cartoon movies, but I was watching Finding Nemo. How many of you have seen that movie before? All right. And this is the one clip that really got me to study the Word of God. And here it is. Let me show you this clip for a minute. Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do. I don't want to know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dory, no singing. Ha, ha, ho, 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 Dory. I love to swim. And Dory, when you want to swim, you want. See, to I'm gonna keep get stuck on. now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. And that was it. I knew that this month we're gonna teach on this subject. Just keep swimming. How? to persevere because as I watch this movie I noticed that a lot of us relate you see his name was Marlon he was the father of Nemo and tragically he lost his wife to a barracuda and he became instantly not only a widow but a single parent and it's hard enough to lose a spouse But it's even harder to have to raise a child on your own. And that same child he took the responsibility to raise got lost. So in that one scene, Marlon hit a point in his life where he gave up. Marlon hit a point in his life where he felt like he would never find his son. And he hit that pivotal moment in his life where he wanted to stop trying. And just when he was grumpy and angry with himself, along comes this fish named Dory and asks, why are you so grumpy, Mr. Grumpy Pants? And she gave this word of advice. She said, when I get down, I just keep telling myself this. I just tell myself to keep swimming. In other words, Dory tells Marlon, I know life is hard. I know you're down right now. I know you feel like giving up and you're discouraged and you feel like a failure. But what you really need to do is just persevere. Just keep going. Just keep believing. Just keep trying. See, Dory gave this amazing piece of advice you can't always control what happens to you in life you can't always choose what happens but you do have a choice and how you're going to react to it and you can either wallow in pity, you can wallow in guilt, you can feel like you're a failure, you can give up or you can persevere, you can keep going And you can see yourself finishing strong. My question to you, church, is which side are you going to stand on? Are you going to stand on the side that just wallows in pity and feels sorry for themselves and gives up on life? Or are you going to stand on the other side that says, even though my life is hard and things happen to me unexpectedly, I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep believing, I'm going to keep the faith, I'm going to keep trying until I see God work a mighty miracle in my life. See, that's where we need to stand today. What does it mean to persevere? See, perseverance is defined as the ability to persist, to carry on in spite of difficulties, in spite of pressure, stress, obstacles, or discouragement. It's the ability to keep going when everything hurts. To keep going when life is hard. To keep going when life is unfair. To keep going when you've been mistreated. To keep going when you're sick. To keep going when your loved ones are sick. To keep going when life makes no sense. And the Bible is filled with people that had to persevere through trial. In fact, when we look at the book of James chapter 1, the opening verse, James is actually writing to a church. He's writing to a a group of Jewish people that gave their lives to Jesus. They surrendered to the Lord and became Christian. And a lot of the other Jews did not accept this. They did not want this for them. So they made their lives difficult. Not only was this church under immense persecution. Not only were other Jewish people rejecting them, not only were other family members isolating them, they got a lot of punishment from pagans as well. James opens up the book by saying to the scattered people. Why scattered? Because their life was so hard and they were being under so much persecution, they had to scatter in order to save their own lives. In fact, life was so difficult that people would spit on them. People would mock them. People would reject them. They wouldn't do business with them. They wouldn't sell to them. They wouldn't buy from them. So the people of God, these Christians were going through immense persecution. They were going through rejection. They were going through mistreatment. Many of them were burned alive. Many of their homes were destroyed. They were killed, they were murdered, life was hard, life was stressful, they had financial burden, it got so serious that even Paul had to go around to other churches collecting money for them because they couldn't even eat. Emotionally, they were destroyed, it was going, it was just so difficult, it was hard. And then James decides to write this letter and he says, hey... I know you're scattered. I know you're under a a huge trial right now. But then what I don't understand about this letter, it almost seems like James is insensitive. It doesn't care. It's a letter that I wouldn't write to you if you were going through a trial. But James writes, Why don't you consider this a moment of joy? Think about that. Imagine you're going through a job loss, you're going through cancer, you're going through a death of a loved one, and I write you a text or an email, and I said, hey, you should be happy right now. See, in my mind, I see you leaving the church. In my mind, I see you saying, how can pastor even say such a thing? But see, James writes this letter, and he says, You need to consider this a moment of joy. James says, whenever you face trials, consider it pure joy. I want to highlight those a few words here. He says, first, whenever you face trials. He didn't say, if you face trials. He said, whenever. Because James is letting the reader know, and even us today... That trials are completely unavoidable. You will go through hard times. It makes no sense to me when people say, Pastor, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why this happens to me. I don't know what God is doing. But see, these were people that trusted in Jesus and their lives got worse. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have trusted in the Lord and my life got worse. And it doesn't make sense. But James says, whenever you face trials, first, he's saying trials are completely unavoidable. You know why trials are so hard for us? Because it's our human nature to avoid pain. It's our human nature to seek comfort. We want the easy way. We don't want to struggle. We don't want to hurt. We don't want pain. And in our human nature, we try to avoid it. But God is saying, first of all, there are some problems in life you can never avoid. And God says, when these problems occur, when your life is difficult, When your life is under immense pressure, when you're going through a trial, not only does James says, whenever this happens, meaning it's unavoidable, he says, whenever you face trials. And that word face literally means to be caught off guard and surprised. See, a lot of times we understand, okay, I know I can't avoid problems. But there's a lot of you here today You have gone through not only a trial, but this trial was a complete surprise for you. This trial caught you completely off guard. You didn't expect it. You didn't wait for it. You didn't know it was going to happen. You just woke up one day and it might have come through a phone call. And the doctor calls you and says, you got cancer. It might be through your child. And your child says, mom and dad, we need a talk. I'm gay. I'm leaving. I'm this. I'm that. It might come through a job. Your boss might call you and say, hey, I'm sorry. But due to inflation, we have to let you go. It might cut you off guard. And you saying, I never saw this coming. Your husband or wife might come up to you and say, sorry, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. There are so many trials that come to us that are completely a shock and a surprise. You find out that someone you thought you knew is on drugs and you think, I never saw this coming. There are so many times that trials are difficult, not only because we can't avoid them, but we did not expect them. This is why trials get the best of us. Because you say, "Well, pastor, if I knew I was going to go through this, I'd be ready, I'd be prepared. But let me tell you something. Just because you didn't see it coming doesn't mean God didn't either. And God was always prepared to face what you're facing right now. And God tells the church in the book of James, I know this was a shock to you. Why? Because these Christians thought that when they gave their lives to Christ life was going to be easier life was going to be blessed life was just going to go my way life was just going to really be happy for us because now we're serving God now we're serving Jesus and life from here on out is going to be smooth they never expected the persecution they never expected the death they never expected the financial crisis they never expected the pain and the loss it was never expected it was a shock. So the Christians are confused. Wait a minute. We gave our lives to Jesus. We trusted in Him and we lost our families. We lost our children. We lost our job. We're losing our health. We're losing our minds. We don't know what's going on. And James says, well, be happy. Be joyful. And then he says in verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres. See, God says, you can't avoid the trial. The trial is going to shock you and surprise you. But blessings can still come out of it. But it's up to you. It's up to you whether you're going to persevere, you're going to keep going, Or you're just going to give up? Are you going to persevere? Or are you just going to walk out? Are you going to persevere or are you just going to sign the divorce papers? Are you going to persevere or just surrender your kids over to the world and say it? Are you going to persevere or are you going to just stop trying and stop praying and stop believing? See, you have to stand on one side. You either persevere or you don't. But you can't ask God to bless you if you're not willing to persevere. You can't ask God to bless you if you're just going to tell God, I give up. That's why I love our church. Because you guys have made me persevere. I'm telling you, we have gone through things as a church. Amen? Some things caught me off guard. They were a shock. And there are days I had to wake up And the church was empty, and people didn't show up, and we had to move from this place to that place, and we had this crazy person in our church, and that crazy person. And there were times that my emotions said, David, just give up, give up on this. Just just find yourself another career, just give up on this. And I felt like the Holy Spirit of Dory came in and said, just keep preaching, just keep preaching, just keep preaching. And every time, I don't want to anymore. Ministry's hard. Just keep preaching. Okay, God. And I would preach my best. And nothing would happen. Mondays are my international days for every pastor to be depressed. That's why Mondays we're off. So we can cry. (laughs) And it's like, God says, just keep. Just keep preaching. Just keep preaching. Maybe your emotions get the best of you in your marriage, and you just think about how you just want to be done with it. And the Holy Spirit says, just stay married. Just stay married. But Lord, she's crazy! Just stay married. Lord, I'm going to kill him! Just stay married. Or your kids driving you up the wall. And God says, just keep raising. Just keep. Come on, help me out. Just keep raising. And then you sign up for a ministry in church and it's horrible. And God says, just keep serving. God tells Maria every Sunday, just keep cleaning. just, And tells Frankie, just keep singing. Just keep. Singing. I know I look crazy now. But I love our church because we're a church that perseveres. And emotions get the best of us. But see, you have to decide what side are you going to stand on. Trials catch us by surprise. But you either stand on the side that says... I'm not going to live by sight, but I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to remain in the Word of God. I'm going to keep serving, keep believing, keep the faith, keep praying, keep thriving, keep doing it God's way, or I'm just going to surrender, give up, and never see the blessings of God in my life. In fact, this is... I want to transition now to another passage in Jeremiah chapter 17. And this is another group of godly people that were going through a severe trial. And Jeremiah writes and he says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on his own flesh and his own strength. Cursed is that person and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He will be like a bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity. When it comes, he will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land. And I want you to notice this next verse in verse 7. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out the roots by the stream. It does not fear when he comes. It leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. And then it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Weird. Let me explain. The people of God here were going through a tough time. The people during Jeremiah's ministry... They felt threatened by surrounding enemies. They were experienced great economic hard times. Politically, things were unstable for them. They felt vulnerable in their faith. It was a time where their fear got the best of them. Their faith wavered, controlling them. They were worried all the time. They were stressed all the time. So physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, they were in crisis. Sounds like us today. Whether financially, economically, you're going through a crisis. Maybe physically, you're going through a crisis. Maybe emotionally, you've given in to fear and worry and anxiety, and emotionally, you're going through a crisis. Mentally, you're going through a crisis. Spiritually, you're going through a crisis. Jeremiah writes this passage and he says, blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord. In order to really keep on, in order to keep perseverance, the first thing you need to do is trust God. You don't trust in what you're going through. You have confidence in the Lord. You don't have confidence in yourself, your own strength, your own ability. If you're going through a severe trial, don't ever say, what am I going to do? You have to say, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. You don't say, what about me? How am I going to fix this? You say, I know God is going to fix this. But see, there are two types of people, Jeremiah says. There's the blessed person and there's the cursed person. The cursed person, they don't trust in God. They turn away from the Lord. And they rely on their own strength, their own wisdom, their own ability. And notice God says, this person cannot prosper. That word prosper in the Hebrew word... It literally means when God gets behind you and pushes you forward. How many of you want God to get behind you and accelerate you to bless you? You see, God says, there's something you need to do in order to see me get behind you and bless you. But this person is cursed because they live in fear They live with constant worry. They rely on their own strength. They don't turn to God. They try to fix it themselves. And God says, I can't get behind a person like that. In fact, in Jeremiah 17, verse 6, he described this person this way. He will be like a bush in the wastelands." I want you to pay attention here. Because that word bush is a Hebrew word, arar. And this is literally taken from a word. There is an actual tree in the desert called an arar tree. It's the same tree that Jeremiah talked about. And this is what this tree looks like. I want you to pay attention. Because this tree is in the desert. And from a distance... It looks strong. It looks healthy. It looks like it's growing. It looks like it's flourishing. It looks just fine. But see, in the Middle East, this tree is actually called the cursed tree. Because when you come closer to it and you look at its fruits, I want you to look at the picture of what the fruits look like in this tree. They're empty. They're hollow inside. This web-like thing comes out inside it. It's useless. It's good for nothing. And this tree is all about appearance. You know what, Jeremiah, when he referred to the people as this tree, he was saying, the cursed person, it looks like a lot like us today, the cursed person, from the outside they look strong. From a distance, they look healthy. If you look at this person, they smile, they're happy. They tell you how great life is. You ask them, how are you doing? They say, oh, I'm fine, we're great. You look at their Facebook or their Instagram, their social media pages, and they're laughing, they're going on dates, vacations, holding hands, pictures with the family, everything is good. Smiling selfies, everything is great. Life is awesome. But when you get a deeper, closer look into this person's life, deep down inside, they're empty. They're not happy. Oh sure, they have a nice house, but they're empty. Yeah, they drive a nice vehicle, but they're empty. They got a good paying job, but they're empty. Life is looking good for them, but they're not happy. And this is the picture of what Jeremiah is saying. This is what we look like today. We try to convince ourselves, we try to convince others that we're happy, that we're fine, that we're healthy, that we're good. But deep down inside, it's all a show. You say, Pastor, if you really knew who I was, I'm empty inside. In fact, in my career, some of the happiest people I've seen have actually been the most miserable inside. And what's sad about this in verse 6, as we keep reading, Jeremiah says, the cursed person, let me go to verse 6 of Jeremiah, it says this, he will be like that bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in the parched places of the desert. And there it is. He will dwell there. You see, a lot of us, we we try to convince ourselves like that tree, that we're happy, we're fine. Some people on the outside, spiritually, they look amazing. You look strong, you worship with your hands up, you come to church, you pray, you do all of that. But deep down inside, you feel far away from God, you're empty inside. There's a lot of marriages like this. And from the outside, you think they're happy, they're great, but on the inside, they've lost their joy, their peace. They, they just want to quit. There's a lot of churches like this. You, you might see churches that, are, that have nice lights and people singing and worshiping in this pack, but deep down inside, it's empty inside. And what's sad is that God says they dwell there. That word dwell literally means to remain and settle. You'd be surprised how many people they really try so hard to look great on the outside, but deep down inside, they're miserable, depressed, discouraged, hopeless, empty, they're just given up, but they dwell there. They settle for that. There are people that settle for sadness. It's just how I am. I'm just a sad person. There are people that are hopeless and they dwell there. They never believe anymore. They never have faith anymore. They're just always negative and down and they dwell. There are people that dwell in that fear and worry and anxiety and they just settle for that. They accept that life is never going to get better. Life is never going to get easier. Why keep persevering? Why keep trying? I'm just going to look happy. I'm just Gonna look blessed, I'm just gonna look like I'm fine, I'm just gonna look like I'm strong, but deep down inside I've settled that I'll always be empty, I'll always be miserable, I'll always be angry, I'll always be hopeless, I'll always live in fear and panic and anxiety and stress and worry and pressure, and life will never gonna is never gonna get better. And then you say, How are you? I'm fine, I'm happy. Do you want that for your life? Do you want to just look like you're fine but not be fine? Do Do you want a family that looks together but it's not together? Do you want that pressure of having to convince other people you're strong and happy when you're not? You could do something about it. God turns around and says, now let's talk about the blessed person. Because here's your choice. You can be that aurora tree, give the appearance of happiness, but be miserable. Give the appearance of strength, but be weak. Give the appearance of fullness, but be empty. Or you can actually be the blessed person. Verse 7 and 8, look at the blessed person. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree that's planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when, it, when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fear, fails to bear fruit. Let me ask you a question. As I described this person, this person trusts in the Lord. This person has a confidence to them. But did you notice that it says it doesn't fear or worry when heat and drought come? You know what God says about this person? They're going through problems too. They're just like the cursed person. They're going through it too. But they're responding to it differently. That first person, they're going through the heat, they're going through the trial, and they're just trying to pretend they're fine and strong, but they're not. But see, that other person, they're going through the same exact problem. The only difference is, they're growing, they're stronger, they're flourishing, they're fruitful. They're trusting in God, they're confident, and they have no worry, and they live with no fear. Now show me your hands and just say, Pastor, I want me some of that. I want to be like that person. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in worry. I want to be confident. I don't care what the news says. I don't care who's president. I don't care about inflation. I don't care about this. I want to walk with confidence. I want to be fruitful. I want to grow. That is a picture of what perseverance looks like. They trust in God, but the drought comes. They trust in God and have confidence in the Lord, but the heat comes. Because again, you can't avoid trouble. You can't avoid trials. You're gonna hurt. You're gonna get betrayed. You're gonna cry. You're gonna be lonely. You're gonna have cancer you're going to lose a loved one, you could get divorced, you could lose your job, your child can walk out on you. You can't avoid it, but you can still stand confident. You you can still live trusting in the Lord. You, You can still grow and be fruitful God says this person they never fear they don't live with worry they live with confidence God says their leaves are always green which is a symbol of strength meaning they're always strong so this tree is going through a drought but it's strong this tree is going through immense heat but it's still confident it's still growing. My favorite, the Bible says it's fruitful. It never fails to bear fruit. And in the Bible, fruit was always a symbolism to the attributes of God. to your attitude. Look at Galatians 5.22-23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. Those are all attitudes. Let me ask you a question. Let's be honest. We're in church. You can't lie. How's your attitude when when the heat is on? How's your attitude under trial? How's your attitude in the seasons of drought? Does it resemble any of these fruits? You might look at this list and say, Pastor, I am the opposite. When I'm going through stress, kindness goes. There's no goodness. I've lost faith. Gentleness. Don't even know what it is. Self-control. I lose control. My attitude is horrible. See, when I read Jeremiah, I said, Lord, this is a picture of Perseverance. The heat comes, the drought comes, the pressure's on, but this tree, it doesn't pretend that it's strong, it is strong. It doesn't pretend that it has fruit, it does have fruit. It grows, it flourishes, it remains, it handles what it's going through. It has confidence in the Lord, it has trust in the Lord. They don't fear, they don't worry. And when I looked at that, I said, Lord, you need to teach me so I can teach them how to have that type of level of perseverance. Before you, I can teach you how to persevere like this. Because I'm assuming you're all guilty. That is not you right now. That list? Not you. Can I get an amen If this? Am I right? Okay, good, good. Before I can show you how to live like that, how to persevere, you need to first understand why we don't persevere. And here's why. So many people just quit. So many people give up when trouble comes through tough seasons. I love it because in, the, in Jeremiah, he talks about the seasons of drought, meaning there, there are good seasons and there are bad seasons. And let me tell you, in every area of your life, there are good seasons and there are bad ones. There are good seasons in parenting. Amen, parents? Then they're teenagers. Guess what? Bad seasons. The dry seasons. The oh my God season. Are they adopted season? Married folks, there's good seasons in marriage. Are there dry seasons? Don't look at her. Don't ask her. Don't be afraid. There are dry seasons. That's why people keep telling me when when they find out I'm married, they're like, enjoy it, now. Enjoy it. Don't have kids yet. Enjoy it. Because then it's over. We go through seasons. Church, we go through good seasons. I haven't seen them yet. No, I have. I have. We go through good seasons. Then we go through bad ones. See, perseverance is not about always having a good season in life. Perseverance is all about I'm going to keep going even if I go through that bad season. And before you can even ask yourself, how do I persevere? You ask yourself why I don't. Because in those bad seasons, we just give up. Galatians 6.9 tells us why we don't persevere. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. You know why we give up? The Bible says it right there. We become tired. We get tired. Maybe physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. We just get tired. You ever get tired of the same thing in life? Tired of the same problem with the same person? You ever get tired of trying? You get tired of trying and tired of failing. You get so tired that at one point you just say, it's not worth it, I, I give up, I quit. I, I want God to prosper me, I want to be blessed, pastor, but, but I'm just tired. I'm tired of doing the right thing. I'm tired of trying to be the best parent I can. I'm tired of being that spouse I'm, no, I, I'm supposed to be. I'm tired. And that's why we don't persevere, because God says you get tired, so you stop trying. And here's an interesting thing. That word tired or weary is a word that literally describes your emotional state. You get emotionally tired and it looks better in your head to just give up and quit and and walk away. In fact, we want to avoid those seasons so bad of hardship that we convince ourselves that giving up is the best option not to go through this pain. And that's what separates us in this generation from the last generation. When I look at the last generation, the people that are in their 60s, 50s, where you at? Show me your hands, you know, all of you. You know the difference? Those are a group of people, they persevered, they were strong. They went through things. That's why most of them, you say, how oh, long you've been married? 40 years, 50 years. I'm like, whoa. And we're like, wow. Why is it such a shock? Because you compare it to the marriages today. They don't last one. But th- this generation said, we're, we're going to be broke, poverty, but we're going to stay. We're going to we're we're not we're going to fight, boy. We're going to fight. But we're going to stay. We're going to go through good times. We're going to go through rough times. But we're going to stay. Our generation today, my generation? Oh my gosh, my feelings are hurt. I'm out. My feelings. We're emotional. All the garbage we're going through in our country is all because of emotion. You offended me, really? We had generations that went through world wars and survived. But then you you say the wrong thing and you're canceled and you're done under my feelings? Feelings don't matter. But that's why we give up. I just feel tired. I don't don't feel like trying anymore. That's why Jeremiah says this right after the blessed person in verse 9. Notice what it says. He says, The heart is deceitful above all things. That word heart is talking about your emotions. Can I tell you that your emotions are not fact? But see, your emotions convince you that what you feel is reality. So if you feel tired, it's because you are tired. If you feel like giving up, because you should give up. If if you feel like walking out, it's because you need to work out. If if you feel like it's never going to change, it's because it's never going to change. And you put feelings into facts, and your fact becomes faith, and your faith becomes your choice. So you choose to give up, Because your emotions control you and not the word of God. And your emotions will deceive you. You're going to feel emotions that the very next day are going to be gone. You ever been so mad you wake up the next day, you're fine? That's how crazy emotions are. You're going to feel like killing someone. Don't do it. But see, a lot of us are emotions. The reason we don't persevere is because we're more emotional-driven than spiritually-driven. That's why we give up. If my emotions were leading me right now, I wouldn't even be a pastor. If your emotions are leading you right now, you might not even be married today. There are dreams that God has put in your heart that will never happen because your emotions conquered you. You got tired. Church, everyone gets tired. Jesus got tired. Jesus felt the emotion. But he was always led by God and not his feelings. Jesus got offended, Jesus got betrayed. Jesus got hurt, but he was always led by God and not his emotions. The reason so many people cannot persevere today is because our emotions get the best of us. Let me illustrate this for you. I asked God, I said, Lord, how do I persevere? I know why I don't because my emotions get the way, in the way of it. Look at Jeremiah 17, verse 8. I thought when I read this verse that the people that persevere are those that trust in God, but that's not what that teaches. Let me read it for you. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the years of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Notice that right before it says it never fears, it never fails to bear fruit, never worries, it's always strong, leaves are always green. Notice what it said right in the top. What does it say, church? He will be like a tree that's what? Planted. That's it. You're saying, Pastor, what does that mean? The idea of being planted it says, planted and its roots come out. The idea of being planted and rooted in the Bible was always a symbol of commitment. Planted. So that, that when that heat comes, and that stress comes, and that worry comes, it's planted. But you know what happens? I'm going to preach some truth today. Can I preach to you this morning? I'm going to preach to you like you're my child. Listen. You know what your problem is? Yeah, you. You know what your problem is? You want to be blessed. You want to prosper. You want to live confident. You don't want to live in fear. You don't want to live in worry. You want to flourish. You want to be strong. You want to be whole. You want to be fruitful. But here's the thing. All of you want that, but none of you want to be planted. There's a difference between me planting this seed and just putting it in the pot. And see, what happens when I put the seed, it's an avocado seed, I had to do it. I put it in the pot. Church, is this planted right now? Could this grow right now? But there's just a lot of you with your relationship with Christ. You see, if I'm like this, and I'm not really committed to the Lord, I'm not planted in the Lord, I'm just in it. The minute I move this pot, What happens? Seed moves, falls away. You know why that happens? Because when you live by your emotions, your emotions will move you. Your emotions are going to just be so all over the place. And this is why so many Christians, they say, well, well, I'm in the Lord, but you're not planted in Him. You're not really deep in the Lord. You're not really committed to God. You're just kind of there. So then when life gets shaky, you get shaky. When life goes out of control, you go out of control. And we're like, hey, where's Fulano at? Oh, life got hard for them. Can I have my seat back? Thank you, Nancy. Good throw. All right. And this is what a lot of you are like. Some of you say, oh yeah, I'm in the church. But you're not planted in it. All it takes is one little thing, you're gone. Some of you, you might say, well, well, I'm I'm in, I'm in a marriage. But if you're emotional and things get crazy, guess what happens? You get moved, done. This is what emotional people are like. So I see people saying, oh, I I couldn't, I'm tired. I'm weak, I'm going through a lot, and it's not stable. And then you ask yourself, why can't God bless me? Why do I live in fear? Why do I live in constant worry? Why can't I prosper? Why is life so hard? Because God says, you are in me, but you're not deep, committed, and planted in me. You're not really in this. See, even Jesus taught this in Matthew 13. Look at verse 5 of Matthew 13. Jesus said this, Some fell on rocky places where it does not have much soil. It doesn't have much soil. It's just on the surface. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, they withered because they had no what? No room. They weren't planted. Jesus explains what this means in verse 20. He says, The one who receives the seed that fell on the rocky place is the man who hears the word of God at once, and they receive it with joy. But since it has no what? Root. It lasts only a short time. No perseverance. just doesn't last long. When trouble or persecution come because of the word, he quickly, what? Falls away. Not planted. Emotional. Trouble comes. Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Persecution comes out. This is unfair. I don't know what I'm going to do. What's going to happen? And you fall away. Gone. Where'd it go? Let's see what happens, and we'll close with this. What God says, lost it. Well, maybe God is telling you. Some of you are so far gone. Let me ask you a question, church. Are you emotional? Do your emotions get the best of you? What if you would say, Lord... I'm not just going to be surface level in commitment. I'm not just going to be in a church. I'm going to be planted in it. I'm not just going to be in the Lord. I'm going to be rooted in the Lord. I'm not just going to be halfway committed. I'm going to be all in and fully committed. I'm not just going to be in the Word of God one day and then the rest of the week I'm not. I'm not just going to be in the Word of God for when I have time. I'm going to be rooted in the Word of God. What would your life be like if you were all in and deep and rooted in the Lord? If I would get that seed and plant it inside here, No matter what happens, no matter what shakes me, no matter what occurs, no matter what I feel, it stays. It stays. That's what perseverance looks like. It means that I don't live by what I feel, so that when life is shaky, my faith is not. When life is chaotic, my prayers are not. I remain in the Lord. I remain rooted in the Lord. So many people give up because they say, I'm just tired. You no longer persevere because your emotions just get the best of you. Now, I was actually telling Jericho this morning when I was thinking about this message. I said, You know, I'm so grateful. I told her this morning, I'm so grateful I had parents that were rooted in the Lord, not just in it. Not just in it when they had time, not just in it when they weren't tired, not just in it if it was convenient. I'm so grateful I had a mom and dad rooted. In the word of God, rooted in the principles of the Bible, rooted in Jesus, because when life was shaky, they stayed strong. When life was hurting, they stayed strong. And I seen my parents go through up and down and left and right and all over the place, but they stay rooted in the Lord. And today I'm rooted in the Lord because I saw it in them. And I said, What a difference! But what if my parents were like, you know, we're, we're just going to be halfway in. We're not going to be fully committed. We're, we're, we're going to be in it, but not really in it, in it. You know what I'm saying? And they weren't led by their emotions. Probably wouldn't even be serving God today. let see, your family needs to know. Your children need to know. Mom and dad are rooted. They're not just in it. Because anyone can get in it, but they quickly get out of it when life gets shaky. But your kids need to know you are rooted in the Lord. You can try all you want. I am rooted in the Word. You need to let your spouse know, honey, I don't care how crazy you are. I am rooted with you. And we're going through a dry season. But I'm not just in this marriage. I am deeply planted in it. You need to let God know, Lord, forgive me for just being in it, but not committed. Not planted. You want to see God bless you. You want to see God prosper you. God says this person was planted so when the heat came and the pressure came and the stress came and the problems came they were deeply planted the problem with so many people today is we can honestly look at ourselves and say we are not planted we are emotional and I'm in it when life is good I'm in it when life is fair, when life is easy, when life is going my way, I'm in it. But the minute things get bad, I'm out. But we need deep-rooted, planted men and women of God that says, no matter what I go through, I am deeply rooted and planted in the Word of God. So whatever I face... Surprise me or not Whether I was prepared for it or not I am rooted in the word of God My emotions might tell me one thing But my God tells me another And I stand on the word of God I will not fear I will not tremble I will not give up I will not surrender I will not bow to no one But God, whatever I feel I feel tired I feel discouraged I feel angry But I am rooted, Lord So devil, trust to get me to be emotional i will be emotional but in the end of the day my choice will always be to be planted on the word of god i will not be shaken i will not lose faith i will not live in fear i will not worry i will grow i will be fruitful i will stand strong because devil you messed with the wrong person i am planted i am planted that's why, when you first start a church, they call it a church plant. They don't call it a church tree. They call it a church plant. Because the heat comes. the Pressure is on. But you just gotta keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Come on church, just keep going. Just keep going, just keep loving them, just keep loving them, just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep preaching, just keep believing, just keep serving, just keep doing right, and just keep on, keep on, but God, I'm tired, keep on. But Lord, I'm angry, Keep on. But Lord, I'm weary, Keep on. But Lord, I'm frustrated. Keep on. But Lord, I'm mistreated. Keep on. Why? Because you're planted. And dry seasons come, but you're planted. And I'm telling you today, the person that was cursed. cursed because they turned away from God when you turn away from God you serve the God of your emotions and your emotions will drive you insane but the person that is planted in the word of God and just trust in the Lord of God they will go through hurt they will go through setbacks they will go through struggle but they will remain confident as they see the Lord working This morning, I'm going to do it. This morning, I was studying, I was praying, and Jericho calls out. She says, David, I need you. I need help. All right. I went over there, and would you believe Jericho got her hair all tangled in the curler? Here's a picture of it. I mean, I got a picture of it. I'm sorry, honey, I had to. I'm... (laughs) just mess, tangled, smell. Like you ever smell burnt hair? And she was there and there, you know she tried. She tried to untangle it, it got worse. See that's what happens when you rely on your own strength. You try to fix something, you try to do something you can't do on your own, it only gets worse, you get more entangled. And there came a point that she just called out to me because she couldn't anymore. When I got there, I was like, what did you do? But she just sat there. And you know, I caught myself. I said to her, this is going to hurt, but you need to trust me. What if God is telling you today? This is going to hurt. You're going you're to hurt this week. You're going to hurt next year. Some of you are hurting right now and God is saying, this is going to hurt. But you need to trust me. You know, the only person that can truly trust in the Lord during their hurt are those that are planted. Let's say, I don't care what I go through, I am in this, Lord. That's what looks like. Amen, do you receive this word today? Come on, let's all stand to our feet today. I want to pray for you. This morning, you're going through pain. It caught you off guard, it caught you by surprise. Your emotions are getting the best of you. Some of you are living with constant worry, fear, anxiety, pressure, stress and you appear to be fruitful and strong. You're like that cursed person. You convince the world you're happy, you're great, you take nice pictures, you tell everyone, you're laughing, you're smiling, everything looks good. But deep down inside, you're saying, Pastor, I'm empty. Pastor, I'm struggling. Pastor, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm afraid. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I just can't keep going on anymore. God says to you this morning, this is going to hurt, but you need to trust me. You've got to stop leaning on your emotions and today make the commitment to be planted in the word of God to say Lord I'm going to be planted in your word and that means that Lord I'm going to spend more time in your word I'm going to spend more time learning your word I'm going to spend more time in prayer I'm not going to be led by my emotions anymore I'm not going to let this problem in this life dictate my joy my joy comes from the Lord my joy is the Lord and I will have joy under this trial because I am planted i'm not just in this anymore pastor i'm not just in this church pastor count on me to be planted in this church i'm not just gonna be in it when i can Lord I'm going to be planted in you. I'm tired of not persevering. I'm tired of not being blessed. I'm tired of living in fear and discouragement. Today is a prayer that I want to pray with you and I want to challenge you today to get planted in the Lord. Stop this game of being in it but then out of it. In it then out of it. Halfway committed then out and say Lord I want to be deeper with you. I want to be rooted in you. I want to be planted in you so that when life gets dry and the heat comes on, I stay firm, I stay strong, I grow, I am fruitful, I don't give up, I don't get discouraged, I don't live with fear, I don't live with worry, but I stay planted. I want to stay planted where I'm at. I don't want to give up. And some of you, you're going through it. And your family... You're going through it with a child. You're going through it in your health. You're going through it in your finances. You're going through it in your spiritual life. You're going through it in your marriage. You're going through it in your mental stress. You're going through it. But you can get out of it stronger because you are planted in the Lord. If this is you today, I want to pray with you. come forward this morning. If you're making this commitment, you're saying, God, I'm going to be planted in your word. In Jesus' name, as we pray, come on, come forward. There's a lot of you this morning. Say, Lord, I'm going to be planted in you today, Jesus. You've been wavering. You've been discouraged. Don't let your emotions get you anymore. This is going to hurt. But you need to trust Him. You pray right now and you say, Lord, I am planted. Help me to endure the season. Let's pray, church. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Father, we need to keep on. We need to keep believing. We need to keep praying. Keep serving. Father, we're going through a dry season. We're going through a season where the pressure is on. The pain is real. We're going through a season that we're tired. We want to give up. Father, I pray for this church, for the people in this church, that we be planted, committed in your word, so that when our emotions tell us to quit, or our emotions tell us it will never happen, when our emotions tell us to stop trying, we persevere. We keep going. Because we live by faith and not by sight. So Father, I thank you for those who have been planted in our church. And I pray for those that right now, Lord, need to be planted. I pray for those that need to be planted in their families, in their marriage. Planted. So, Father, that we could be a people that persevere. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. Tell Him right now. The area of your life where you're worried. And say, Lord, help me to be planted. Father, in Jesus' name, we know it will hurt, but we will trust you. We surrender all to you. Keep us planted. Keep us strong and firm so that no matter what we go through, we can endure in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise today. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I hope you guys were blessed by today's word.